Sajid Hirani is an experienced executive performance and life coach with a background in software engineering and 20 years of corporate experience. He combines technical expertise with a deep understanding of the challenges faced by business owners, leaders and high achievers. As a TEDx speaker and podcast host, he motivates others to reach their full potential. Chet is also a long-distance biker and martial arts trainer who embodies the warrior spirit of humanity, clarity and integrity. Let's talk to him on an interesting topic, changing gears, how to lead from within and recharge so that you take charge and inspire others to do the same. This is the Guiding Voice podcast series, the Guiding Voice for a Better Future. I'm your host, Navin Samala, just a fellow professional on a mission to make the world a better place to live. Through the Guiding Voice, we drive conversations that matter and conversations that add value to your life and to your career. Thank you so much for tuning in. And Chet, hearty welcome to the Guiding Voice. How are you doing today? Oh, thank you, Naveen. Um, yeah, it's a pleasure um, being invited onto the to the show today. Um, well, calling uh, we're recording this. I'm in London, <laughs> so um, doing pretty well. It's the morning at the moment, so yeah, doing pretty well. Start of the week, and um, yeah, ready to sort of ready to rock, rock and roll, should I say? <laughs> awesome, that's a spirit. And on that note, uh, let's uh, start our conversation, Chet. And uh, let's start with uh, the top three things that have attributed to your professional success so far, like you spent 20 years in the corporate, especially in the IT world, and then now you are wearing a new hat as an executive coach, right? So what are top three things that have shaped who you are today? So the top top three things. Um, well, this was like, this was fairly like a more of a difficult question to ask because there's more than <laughs> more than three things um, I, I came up with. But... Um, one of them, should I say, was um, a near sort of life and death situation, mm-hmm. um, which sort of shaped shaped things up um, for me. The other one would potentially be um, the 20 years, as you said, in the corporate tech world. It's um, it's seeing it from like more or less from a bird's eye view, and also understanding where all the where all the pieces are missing within people personally and professionally. Uh, which then allowed me to sort of go away and actually analyze it in further detail about what is it that needs to be um, done. And the other thing I would say um, is pretty much doing a bike ride, 180-mile bike ride over two days. Um, I did it on my own. Um, I did it for charity, but I took the challenge on myself. And while doing that, it actually allowed me to sort of discover more about myself, the potentials that what people are capable of doing, and also then allowed me to refine what I now call um, the five states of optimization. Well, five states of optimization. And uh, one thing that uh, is common thing is I'm also a long distance uh, biker. And I used and to I... participate in 100 kilometers cycling as part of our uh, Republic Day celebrations in uh, Hyderabad. Wow. And there was uh, a foundation called the Atlanta Foundation who uh, used to conduct and organize these rides and as you said uh, that 100 kilometer right it's a me time and we get to yeah. get a chance to introspect and reflect upon yeah. what is working what is not yeah. working i mean so, you've got a lot of time on your hands right <laughs> absolutely <laughs> all right so I'm, I'm really curious like you said uh, you had a glimpse of bird's eye view into the professionals both on the personal side 
as well as a professional friend and you found those missing pieces and after two decades of corporate experience you took a plunge into entrepreneurial journey as a executive coach so are there any toughest lessons okay which you encountered or which you learned which you did not anticipate before taking that step yeah so um thing is when um i when i moved into sort of coaching itself just sort of little give a bit of story that i've always wanted to do coaching but i didn't know what to work on um but then within the corporate world especially in tech i was in the it was in the tech industry that i was in so i've always said now to anyone that once you work in tech you can work in any environment because you understand the fast paceness of the tech industry everything's changing every single day and one thing i um and to answer your question is about the change mhm right with tech changing our lives are also changing and putting those into perspective we want to make sure that we don't forget about ourselves because tech moves at a fast pace we always say that life is too short but we only have one life so if we are if we are able to embrace that and move within those times but then ultimately being control of the situation and the decisions that you make is what then um i've discovered overlooking at things from a bird's eye view tech was also always taking control of people's lives like you work on projects you work towards deadlines um there's a new sort of tech um piece innovation coming out and that always tend to sort of take control of people's lives in what's the next best thing to do and while we're doing that we don't we we forget about our own value our own worth and if we're able to take that step back or or look at it from a bird's eye view you're able to see what's missing and most of the time what's missing is us we're allowing things to sort of take us forward when we can't be doing that we need to take control especially in this ever changing world at the moment ai is the top thing at the moment but we've got to remember humans created ai so ai should not be controlling humans and yeah. i'm all for it but um yeah it was all about controlling and the decisions that you make and the change which is fundamentally what i really discovered throughout the whole process there mm-hmm. yeah i i think you brought in a very important aspect change is something which we have to embrace and we have to uh, keep on pace or on par with the change right i i yeah, resonate absolutely <laughs> now let's uh, take a step back and uh, talk more about your bike ride experience like you said 180 <laughs> yeah. miles over two days and that yeah. change your perspective about life altogether right what are various thoughts that have come through and what kind of decisions that you have made during those two days yeah so it took me i mean i didn't know what i was putting myself in for when i did the 180 miles i really did not have a clue what what to expect which was probably the most exciting part of it all and that's when we talk about fear now i always use fear as excitement because it's something that you know you're capable of doing everyone is fearful every life is full of fear that's what they, that's what we say but rather than seeing it that way it's going to be exciting seeing how what what's next for you but as you do that you're going to make sure things are in control as much as you can be in control of not everything can be in control yeah and the first day for example a week before the bike ride i hurt my back so i was on the floor for the whole for the whole week i couldn't i didn't train i didn't do anything and i didn't know whether i was going to do it now i was not in control of my back giving way i didn't know that was going to happen but then i decided to take control of the situation of what to do 
So when I did the 90 miles, uh, the first day of the 90 miles, it was a struggle. And um, I thought to myself, the f- all in my head was, it's over two days. Get to the get to the get to the first point, because that's when you're going to discover what the next day is going to be like. But as I got to the first day, and I got through the first day, my muscles, everything was was hurting. I was in pain throughout the whole process. Yeah, and pain that I've never felt. I didn't even see the I didn't even see the hills coming. Mm-hmm. And and while the hills were all coming, I, I didn't I didn't train my mind about how the hills to go. Now I'm not I wouldn't say I'm a professional long distance bike rider, but I was I'm a, I'm a, I'm I'm capable of doing this. That's mm-hmm. what I knew straight away. And as I was learning through that, I discovered my TED talk is very much based on this whole piece of the 180 miles, and it's understanding that the fact that you ultimately it's not a lane that you control yeah you basically control the road because a road may have multiple lanes but you are in control of that whole road because that road is yours so if you need to switch lanes you can switch lanes and this is about change because there's going to be obstacles coming but you should be able to be aware of which lane to switch to at, at any given moment in every time and i discovered that on the first day and as the second day started approaching, I didn't. I wasn't sure what I needed to do. I couldn't give up because I couldn't go back. I only had to go forward, and that was going through my mind. I reprogrammed everything that was going from emotionally, physically, mentally. And as I did that, I started refining the five states of optimization. So it started helping me understand about um, the planning state, the productivity state, the people state, the prospect state, and the performance state, which all basically is intertwined in our life, as well, from our life where we use it for personally and professionally, which then started helping me discover and redefine not only the five states of optimization, but also my why. Mm-hmm. What am I here for? What am I doing? which is a very hard question to ask somebody, what is your why? Because I don't feel that many people actually understand it when they actually are asked that question. Mm-hmm. So those are the things that I thought, and there's, there's a lot of reflection going yeah. on, which allowed me to sort of let go yeah. of past experiences, but then essentially adopt a new mindset of excellence. Well. Interesting. And uh, let's now dive deep into these uh, five states of optimization, oh. uh, planning, mm-hmm. productivity, yeah. people, prospect, <clears throat> performance. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the five states of optimization can be used in any particular moment in your life. There's no sort of, there's not a sort of one, two, three, four, five kind of thing. And it effectively is like the five states of optimization can also be called um, the five pillars to a winning mindset as well. But the whole idea of these five states is to unlock your true potential. Yeah. And as you're doing this, as you're, as you are working through the five states optimization, you're working on, you're working on, um, your, your, the first thing is the planning state, for example. Yeah. Now the planning state is linked to our emotional intelligence called self management. Now, this is about improving your decision-making, prioritizing goals, and creating action plans. And then another state is the productivity state, which is linked to our self-awareness. And what you do with this one, you start cultivating and focusing on your time management skills. And you discover what sort of balance there is. We talk about work-life balance, but you create your own unique sense of balance. Mm -hmm. 
And the third one would be the people state, which is linked to our social awareness. Now, what this will do is it enhances our own empathy, yeah, our communication skills, our collaboration. And then you've got the prospect state, which is linked to our relationship management. Now, that is all about promoting strong connections, resolving conflicts, and start building trust. So, but you still, have, you still need to start building trust within yourself before you can do it anywhere else and outside. And then the fifth one is the performance state, which is all to do with your personal and professional development. And this is all about setting growth targets. You start developing new skills and you start achieving success within yourself, which ultimately all of those, putting all those together, as I said earlier on, it starts to allow you to, to, to unlock your actual true potential as well and what you are actually capable of. But then ultimately, you start to stop compromising and you start to operate at a higher level where you begin to inspire others to do the same. And how can someone master these five states of optimization? So the mastering the five states of optimization, so it's a great question. You have to want to do it first. You have to want to understand what is it all about. Now, I'm not saying to everybody, you have to go on a 180-mile bike ride over two days to rediscover it, yeah, because that's going to be crazy. Okay, people call me crazy. My family called me crazy for doing it. I don't know. People do people do far more longer rides yeah. and longer things. But this is a personal thing for me, right? So in order to master it for yourself, it's almost letting go of all the past experiences that you've had, and that's the first key to master it. Never have regret. Yeah. And if you're able to sort of overcome that regret, you can then essentially start understanding and knowing what you are valued at, what your worth is. Now, once you discover what your worth is and what your own value is, you, be, you create this whole uniqueness within yourself. And it's not comparing it to anybody else. I talk about this day in, day out. And I never say to people to compare to me. You use things as inspiration, but you never, 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 you don't need to replicate what somebody's done in order for it to work because it might not work for you. And you discover all of these things to actually really find that whole unique sense of value within yourself and your worth. So mastering it essentially would be the first point of call is to let go of past experiences, which then which then leads to, as I said earlier on, is to adopt a new mindset of excellence. Many times people get stuck with the past experience and that will actually bias the future state and also perception about how the future is going to look like i think uh, you've clarified yeah. it so well now let's uh, yeah. talk let's talk uh, more about not your ordinary coach.com so yeah you are here to address the gaps okay which you found from the bird's eye perspective and uh, uh -huh. help people achieve excellence both on personal front as well as professional front so mm -hmm. why did it all start and first my basic question is, did you ever imagine that you would shift from IT and become a coach? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, that's a great question. So, um, while I was doing, while I was at university, I, um, I, I studied in a, um, I did a bachelor's in computer science and I did a master's in software engineering. And while I was there, I, I always wanted to do something which related to transformation. I've always been a people person. I always love speaking to people. I, the whole, the people network side of things is something that's really key to me. But then I also discovered that 
I have I have a nice I, I can listen. I'm a I'm a good active listener. And I think that's an important aspect of things is listening and allowing that person to complete what they need to say. So then while they do that, I'm analyzing, I'm seeing what those people are doing. Now my background in tech was in quality assurance. So it's continuously looking at what the best ways of doing things and making sure there are essentially things are bug free. But things aren't bug free. Yeah. yeah, there's always going to be something there. But that's just like human beings. Yeah, we're not going to be perfect. There's always going to be there's always going to be something that doesn't relate to somebody else or there's going to be something that doesn't relate to us within or we are not going to be compatible with certain other areas. And I talk about how when I talk about these sort of things I talk about integration as well. But before all of that when I moved into sort of coaching I started discovering how do how does that work and I became interested in the human behaviors, the drivers what does what emotionally really charges us? How can we then start to then effectively le- start leading from within so we're able to t- recharge within ourselves to then take charge and inspire others to do the same? And as I was doing all of that, I then moved into the corporate world. I started coaching people inside the corporate world as well. And as I was doing that, it got to the point in my life and my career that I thought I don't no longer want to be in the corporate tech world inside it but I want to be outside it and helping others. Mm-hmm. And doing that has then evolved into Not Your Ordinary Coach. And Not Your Ordinary Coach essentially is my style of coaching. I one, one thing is that I've learned from my mother, is the way I've grown up, is basically being very rigorous in my approach, um, being sh- a straight talker. There's no, there's no, no, there's a no-nonsense approach in the way I operate, basically, when I'm coaching. And I believe in that because it's about getting the best out of somebody. And when you get the best out of somebody, we need to understand, we need to get vulnerable. We need to get to the points where we feel like we can't speak to anybody or we've never opened up or spoken to anybody. And this is this is all part of energy as well. And this is where we find new energy within ourselves. And when we start finding this new energy, we can project this energy out to people. And it's, it's very much about, it's very much about energy, the vibration frequencies of how you basically manage it. Now, we all go up and down. We all go up and down. But how do we manage to stay in a nice sort of wave? And that's, again, the emotional intelligence side of things. The five states of optimization manages our own vibration, manages our own frequency, brings in the new energy that we need to create and provide to people outside. So not your ordinary coach has evolved very much into that. Um, People do say, I've heard people say in the past that you really are quite or quite hard in the way you coach. Mm-hmm. And I say, yes, I am hard away in our coach, but it might not be for everybody. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's okay because I can't coach everybody. I'm yeah. going to say that hands down. If I personally believe you can't, I can't coach every single person out there, but I want to coach as many people as I possibly can and transform their lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so uh, you have been transforming <clears throat> executives, uh, achieve yeah. greater productivity. So, mm-hmm. can you share a couple of instances, okay, without naming them, right? How so, your coaching has helped them achieve greater productivity, and what kind of results did they achieve? Yeah, sure thing. So, there's been um, so during the the height of the pandemic, for example, I've worked with quite a few startups, um, and. Before the pandemic, um, startups were getting funded and everything was great. And then the uh, pandemic happened. But then during those moments, 
I was working with a client and then they were in a tech, they're in a tech field and they did what most startups do, unfortunately, right, is they see too many zeros in their bank accounts. Yeah. And when they see too many zeros in their bank accounts, they end up spending on things, which is, in my personal opinion, wasted. Right. And you don't need to do that straight off. There are ways about doing this, ways of planning how you spend, what you do, where it goes. We all knew there was a there was a there was a pandemic coming. So then they hired they hired people, a new executive team. They hired, and while they were hiring those, I was like, well, what is the point of hiring them? I was straight away. I said it to them. I said, do you really need these people within this organization at the moment? That's all well and good giving people jobs, but this is also your business. This is your company. You need to keep the lights on. You need to keep and there's a plan for where your business needs to go. They disagreed with me and said, yep, we need CEO, a CTO. Uh, we need these people. And I was like, well, okay. I personally, I'm telling you, you don't need them. Mm -hmm. And as time went on, technology, the, the technology was advancing. They were getting new clients. They were, they were building. They were really making some money coming in for the business. And it was going well. And then all of a sudden, things started shifting within the exec team. Yeah, there was conflict started um, create being created, and I was well. What is this conflict? Why is this being created? What's the reason for this to be happening at such an early stage? Mm -hmm. What What's the reason why people aren't so invested in what's happening, what's going on? And this is the important part a part of it. And that person, could, that, that that person who was my client, could not answer that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But then I suggested maybe you need to get rid of this whole exec team, and it doesn't work. Yeah, and I was very straightforward. I didn't, it didn't bother me that she might turn around and say, I can't work with you as a coach anymore because you're telling me the wrong things. And I was like, fine, let's just, let's just, let's just, let's just continue as we are, but I'm going to keep monitoring what's going on. Mm -hmm. And there were, there were points where they were, um, and then eventually what happened is that technology, the, te um, the, the, the C-suite were planning taking that tech away from the actual owner. And we were going through we were going through battles about mm -hmm. not, for this not to happen. We overcame that through a lot of things, which I can't go into in detail. But we then got to a stage where we were at um, we were at places where there was more funding coming in. Yeah, so that's a success because of all the changes that we managed to reorganize within the organization mentally. The individual themselves weren't going were going through a really bad phase in their life. Mm -hmm. and personally and professionally because of what was happening in the whole business. And this happens to people when they run their own businesses. You know, the thought process is that they feel that they're on their own, but you're not on your own. You know, they're always, yeah. they're, there's always networks and connections out there. So we eventually got to a place where they were, they were bought out. They were bought out, went through an IPO. Um, mm -hmm. They actually, they were successful. They still are successful. And throughout that whole cycle, that was one of the things. And in my mind, it was always the thing is that, you know, when you have that figure about startups failing, when they say X amount, I can't remember, is it 90% or 80% of startups all fail? That's always been in my head. Why? Mm, What's mm. the reason for them to fail? Now, I personally think it always starts from the inside, whether it starts from outside, anywhere else. And most of the time it does. So what are we going to do to overcome that? And that's mm. where I come in to say the truth. I don't. Yeah. I, I do really do not tolerate when 
people when clients we have we have back and forth with clients yeah. don't get me wrong it's never going to be great yeah mm. but that's one of the reasons why people invest in themselves and their businesses mm. to get people like myself and others to help them in these situations their, their minds are focused on one specific area and they can't look everything outside and we're here to help them do that yeah i, I think again this is got to do with the perception based on the past and that's why they may not give attention to the different perspective <clears throat> that is coming their yeah. way right mm-hmm. so now let's briefly talk about your podcast and uh, the best episode that you have done so far what it is all about yeah so my podcast again yeah it's, it's called not your ordinary coach the best episode that i've done on my podcast personally um is an interesting one to be honest yeah mm-hmm. it's um and this could and it, it's very much about leadership yeah um the, the podcast is about leadership but a different spin on leadership and the reason why i call it a different spin on leadership because many cultures may not think that this is the right way of doing things but it was talking about um energy but the sexual energy that comes out within people is not from a sexual standpoint this all comes from within us men and females have this have, have some have energy that we can project but then how do we use those and how do we advance those into becoming a better leader in the in 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 the professional world but essentially also how to be, become a better leader within yourself personally too because a good leader in my mind and in my eyes is somebody who demonstrates the skills both personally and professionally and it's not just done in one 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 point professionally which most people would think that i always think it's always in both parts of your life and that's where this balance comes in yeah you find your uniqueness of it all so my one of my best episodes on my podcast was around those definitely i i can resonate with a lot of thoughts that you have shared i think um, it looks like there is a alignment between your and my thought process <laughs> <laughs> good <laughs> good so that's why we're here that's why we're doing this podcast <laughs> indeed <laughs> so let, let's uh, add some spice to the conversation uh, chat and uh, no. i'm going to kick off a quick rapid fire round now <laughs> yeah all uh, right yeah you can just answer them crisply and here comes my first question if you could have one gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it what would it say that's very straightforward for me it basically be lead from within mm. to recharge so that you take charge and inspire others to do the same wow <laughs> so profound and what ma- what makes you uh, to get out of your bed every morning what gets me out of my bed every morning is for me yeah. what gets me out of my bed every single morning right is the fact that i can i get to get out of bed every morning no one's telling me that i have to mm Yeah so I have you might I get to get out of bed every morning and as I get I get to bed every morning I'm in control of what's going to be happening yeah. after that yeah yeah and can you describe yourself in just one word <laughs> in one word um <laughs> oh, uh describe myself in one word I would say um you know I would say I'm emotional mm emotional yeah and and what is the weirdest thing that that you have ever eaten the weirdest thing i've ever eaten okay so i was in the philippines mm-hmm. and i had um i ate something called balot balot now balot balot is basically a is a day old duck egg ah. <laughs> um <laughs> and it's a delicacy in the philippines uh it's, 
is you ha- you have it with either vinegar or salt or something. But then you got to make sure you have a drink next to you as well when you have it. So have a have a look into that. Balut, B A L U T. B A L U T. Okay. All right. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> and and do you watch shows one episode at a time or binge watch whole season? In case if oh. you. <laughs> Right okay so that yeah that varies um I have moments I have I have my Netflix and Amazon Prime and all those sort of days that I have um and usually I will make sure that I I binge watch as much as I can I'm going to be honest here right it's yeah. not just one episode at a time there's a reason why they have multiple episodes because they want you to watch those but again it's my decision I choose to do that if I don't want to do it I'm not going to do it and it's mm-hmm. just keeping it that simple so i do yeah i i love binge watching <laughs> interesting i the when uh, ott platforms were launched for the first time in india uh, especially mm-hmm. one in the vernacular language the language which i speak telugu i i remember yeah. i think for the first one week i finished uh, uh, watching <laughs> about four or five different series all the seasons that were published and after that i never <laughs> got a chance <laughs> and <laughs> Okay. Oh no, I mean if I get a moment to watch something I will watch it and I'll sit there and I'll watch it. But yeah. most of the time when I'm watching it I'm actually probably doing some work as well. But mm. work that doesn't require a lot of thought process. All right. It could be a bit of creativity work that I'm doing mm. that doesn't require thought process. So I'm not feeling bad about myself or just sitting there doing something. I like doing a few things. It's not it's not doing two things at once. Yeah. Okay? yeah. But mm. it's it's just the way I operate. I I I prefer doing things that way. Great. And uh, that let me find the last bullet. What is one electronic gadget or the fantasy gadget that you would like to see or invent yourself? Oh, um, so <clears throat> I would, I would, I would a, a technology gadget that I would like to invent. You know, it's funny you say this because I was talking to my stepdaughter the other day because she's very much into sort of technology as well and. Um when you think about it the first thing that's coming to my head at the moment is almost something called a magic pen mm. right <laughs> where you can basically just your thoughts you can basically just put this pen down and it will just write your thoughts for oh. you but on on paper and things like that <laughs> it's one of those that's something that I think I think about would be great <laughs> but then you also got there's also so many other things like the virtual reality cases as well I'm a big fan of things like that and the whole metaverse I love it yeah i i think on the magic pen uh, is quite fascinating i'm sure it might come alive once uh, neuralink is active <laughs> yeah i'm sure it is i'm sure it is i mean it would be great you know having one of those sort of things because even if you can just your thoughts because a lot of people struggle to write use use a physical pen and write it on paper yeah now it's the best thing ever to do because mm-hmm. it mentally stimulates you and seeing it, if you're writing something and you're writing these words there's a pen with this ink that's mm-hmm. showing you what you're writing yeah? yeah yeah okay it's not like typing away and you see it yeah. so if you're able to do that and you're able to have almost like a glass wall or something mm-hmm. you can see your thought process you can put these on a glass wall you can see what you're writing and you just put it away in the cloud somewhere it's there mm. but then it still doesn't take away that actual physical paper element either because that's very important too yeah but from a sustainability perspective you know sometimes paper is you got to use it as less as possible 
and from an environment environment perspective as well. Yeah, makes sense. And that was interesting rabbit fire. Let's flip back to the mainstream. And uh, here comes my next one. What is your one piece of advice to those aspiring to be hyper productive or who want to make it big? Who want to make it big? One of my, so this will, this basically loops back to the first bit when you talk about the billboard. Mm. Yeah. And this is essentially my why because mm. it's something that took me some time to discover. Mm. And this is something that I will always basically do. So again, I'll just repeat that again. It's basically you want to make sure that you start to learn to lead from within. And as you start leading from within, you allow yourself to recharge so that you can take charge and inspire others to do the same. Because we all, that is everybody's ambition is you create, do something to help other people. Yeah. And mm. if you're inspiring them, you're doing a good job both personally and professionally within yourself. Super mind-blowing. And yeah, that, that's a great conversation. And I would like to conclude this episode with uh, one final question. How has been your experience being hosted on The Guiding Voice? Oh, but, oh, you know what? If I was, as I said, I'm a straight talker. I say the truth. <laughs> I need to. <laughs> you need the truth. <laughs> no, it's been a pleasure. It honestly has. Yeah. Um, I love doing these. I love speaking to um, uh, podcast hosts. Um, and your questions that you fired were great questions as well. Actually, allows the questions allows me to also um, think um, yeah. and be be truthful in what I'm saying as well. There's never a sort of a doubt, and it's just it's really nice. It's a great experience. I mean, I actually love this whole moment and this time together. Yeah, yeah, same here. And it was a pleasure hosting you. Thank you so much, uh, Chet, for your time and for all the insights that you have shared. And it is it has been wonderful talking to you. Appreciate it. Take care. Thank you. Sure. So, friends, that was our episode with Chet Hirani. And uh, before we move into the trivia section, here is a request to you. In case if you haven't subscribed to us, please subscribe from wherever you have tuned into this episode. And also, if you have loved this conversation and found the episode useful, request you to share with at least three of your friends or colleagues who can benefit from the guiding voice. Thank you so much in advance. Now, let's hop into the trivia segment. And today, I thought uh, I would bring you a few facts related to cars. And uh, here are a, a few facts. Uh, first one is, James Watt builds the first engine crank way back in 1782 and you know when were the toll roads opened in the u.s here comes the answer in 1792 first u.s toll roads opened in pennsylvania and connecticut and in 1860 gene lenoir invented the spark plug and in 1887 the benz became the first car offered for sale and in 1896 the Duria became the first production motor vehicle in the US. And in 1897, the first auto insurance policy is purchased in Westfield, Massachusetts. So here are the few facts. And uh, with that, let's conclude the episode. But before I let you go, do not forget to share your feedback and also any topic recommendations or guest speaker suggestions through social media or email me at theguidingvoiceforyou at redgmail.com. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm your host, Navin Samala, just a fellow professional and a passionate learner on a mission to make the world a better place to live through conversations that matter and conversations that add value to your life and to your career. Until next time, bye-bye. See you all in the next episode with another wonderful guest. Mm-hmm.